Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined, as always, by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Today is Thursday, January 16th, and I'd like to wish a send a special hello to Mark D'Antonio's bank account because that's the happiest place on earth today. Big day. Big day for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, you think people in Baton Rouge are happy right now? There's nothing compared to the D'Antonio household. Imagine waking up, popping open that cell phone, checking that account, and you're... Oh. 4.3. I don't know. I probably wouldn't sleep. I'd probably just be staring at my bank, my phone, waiting for that alert to come up that that direct deposit hit at 12.01 a.m. Yeah, I'd tweet it, too. I'd tweet Hell, yeah. <laughs> Screenshot. <laughs> With your broke ass. That's all I would say. Suck pores. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys feeling poor? I bet. Uh, so, yeah, Mark is uh, doing just fine today. Yeah. Um, and so now, as a Michigan State fan, you nothing could happen until today. Right. Now something can happen, meaning... He could retire. He could fire people. He could. Nothing was going to happen until he got that cash. Right. Now, it can. We don't think it will. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think the stance necessarily changes from an expectation standpoint, but if you were frustrated to this point, you were sort of missing the telltale sign that nothing could happen until the 15th. I mean, we, we kind of alluded to it before. It was like a little disappointing that it didn't – I guess other staff changes still could have happened. Yeah. But if this one is tied to other ones, then it's pretty obvious as to why that hasn't taken place. But uh, anywho, Michigan State football, not ideal. Um, Somebody else is chasing some money. Somebody else is chasing some money. Uh, Somebody named Cody White has headed officially to the NFL. He, in I think, maybe an initially sort of surprising move to the average bear, uh, just decided to... To skip his senior year and, and head to the NFL. So first of all, good for him. We are a pro people making money podcast. So uh, Cody, hope you go and have a successful career and get that money. Um, I think it's a telltale sign. Yeah. But I mean, we've talked about it already in how it's a little concerning that um, 
just the roster coming back plus the schedule and just what things are going to look like next year. And now you've lost kind of your number one receiver. I think it speaks to the uncertainty just around the program and specifically around the quarterback position where he, he because if you think about it from Cody White's perspective, what made him have to do this, like he's not going into a good situation. Right. He's been banged up the last two years. He hasn't had particularly He's had good seasons, don't get me wrong, but nothing great where you're like, oh, this guy's a surefire day one, day two type of pick. But he still is deciding to go. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, he's going into a loaded, loaded wide receiver class in this NFL draft. I mean, we're talking four or five guys in the first round, a handful of others in the second round. To compare him to a guy down the road that a lot of people think is overrated but is still a good player in Donovan Peoples-Jones that guy, that skill set is a first-round skill set. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a second, maybe late, at his absolute best-case scenario is late first round. He's looking at a second, maybe even a third-round draft pick, and that is a skilled dude mm-hmm. um, who had a decent amount of production. So Cody was right up there with him production-wise, but better, um, better, better, actually. Better production. I mean, Cody, it's still tough. Yeah, so, Co- so two things to take away. One, Cody had a really nice career at Michigan State. Silently, seventh-most receptions. Um, 12th most receiving yards um, all time. That's, that's pretty incredible. That's pretty good. For for being quietly um, the number one wide receiver. And to your point, though, it's kind of damning when somebody could choose to come back for their senior year. Um, and I guess you could read it as a, vote, a lack of confidence yeah. in the quarterback room or and or coach's room because um, he's the number one guy next year. I mean, he was this past year. But like you're the number one guy, you know, and you chose to enter, like you said, a loaded class. That tells you that he doesn't think he can get as good a numbers because of who would be quarterbacking. Just something to think about. No, it's and it's an entirely fair point. And uh, you know, either way, like we said, good for him that he's mm-hmm. going and trying to get paid. I hope for we're sure. wrong, but uh, it, it does leave a sizable hole now on the teams uh, in the receiving core moving forward. So now you're looking at um, Jaden Reed, who's coming in with big transfer, all of a sudden becomes critical for Michigan State's success in the passing game. Trey Mosley, and then what we think is probably Julian Barnett, but like maybe not Julian Barnett. Well, C.J. Hayes and Trayvon Morgan took C.J. Hayes, another big one. Took took some big steps. Um, and then you're, you're going to see, as we mentioned, um, is Jalen Naylor going to be able to make it through an entire yep. year? Um, just, just have it, have as uh, Alexander make a jump. Jazz. I mean, like you, Jazz Watts. A, no, yeah, Javez Alexander. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of question marks. Um, then of course, Larry Nelson, who is back. This is an area where there was depth, um, but all of a sudden you're like, okay, um, Jaden, okay, Jalen, <laughs> yeah, like. It's big boy time, and there's some questions about, you know, where, where is Julian Barnett's skill set best used? Um, and we there's some glaring holes on the defensive side of the ball. And is it in Julian's best interest to play cornerback as a pro? Maybe I don't know. Maybe, you know, a Tony Lippett type. Justin Lane. Justin, like sure, um, but Julian Barnett. Maybe we saw flashes at wide receiver might have to be moved. It's it's interesting now because if Cody stay, stayed... Changes. You just said a lot of talented players. I mean, unquestionably mm-hmm. talented guys, but, and maybe, honestly, with a little more explosion than we've had in the passing game in a while. So, really, it's still a... I would still call it a strong group, but 
it now makes that Julian Barnett decision, which is very much a decision, and they've been very open about it from day one, um, really impactful. Because, again, you look at corners and you're talking Kalon Gervin, Shakur Brown, Davion Williams. Uh, Davion Williams. It gets dicey after that. And guys that we don't know. Trey Person has honestly even moved more to safety. Yeah. Like, Names we don't know, and that's not to say that those names won't come through and be really good. I mean, if you would have sat down with us three years ago and asked us if Josiah Scott was going to come out of nowhere as a true freshman to be a sure. lockdown corner, we wouldn't have said yes. Right. So it's not to say that something can't shake, but sitting here today, you look at that group and you think, wow, a, a four-star corner might look pretty good over there. So I, I think that is going to be one of the really interesting developments, and certainly along with who's the quarterback uh, will be an interesting Storyline. Speaking of quarterbacks, another interesting one entered the transfer portal today. Who's that? Derek King from mm-hmm. Houston. Now, if you don't know this story, Derek King played a handful of games last year. Dana Holgerson came over as the coach. Derek King decided that rather than burn his senior year of eligibility, he would redshirt and come back and start mm-hmm. in 2020. So rather than do that, he still redshirted and now has answered, entered the transfer portal. Um it's going to be really interesting to see where he ends up. I mean, at this point, you know, there are every name that comes into that portal is somebody that will, you know, raise the interest of Michigan State fans. I do believe they recruited him once upon a time. Now there are places like Oklahoma and other places that are, yeah, you know, in need a of a quarterback. Appealing. LSU <laughs> that are, you know, losing their senior quarterbacks that might have a leg up on him. But uh, the fact that he was slightly connected with MSU is 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 certainly interesting. Can I tell you? A- Funny aside about him. Please do. Uh, his backup quarterback in high school, he never never started a game. And now starts with the Florida Gators, Kyle Trask. Was Derek King's backup in high school? Wow. Didn't have a single starting snap. And still went to Florida? And has a walk-on. That, boy, he looks pretty good, too. He, was, he did not have bad moments this year. Well... I mean, he probably was great yeah. in high school. <laughs> Derek King's just that good. Yeah, I mean, he was setting Texas football records in Houston. So, Boy. Um, funny aside. Uh, speaking of Florida quarterbacks, while we're doing this, uh, Felipe Franks entering yeah, the entering transfer Entering the transfer portal. portal. Not one I'm interest, necessarily as interested in. No, not in particularly. Uh, although he was, when he was healthy, I think yeah. we have like the Felipe Franks freshman like burned into our brains. Because yeah. he actually had a decent season last year. So the point of the matter is there are plenty of guys that are out there. One that is not is Jamie Newman, a guy we alluded mm-hmm. to last time. Yeah. He is headed to Georgia. Smart. So, again, <laughs> damn good move on his part, some would argue, uh, because Jake Fromm has declared for the NFL. They're going to be, honestly, this is a big rebrand year for college football. Yeah. A lot of the big faces from this year are uh, headed to the pros. Really, the biggest one coming back is is pretty much Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, outside of that, you you know you got Jake Fromm's headed to the pros, Joe Justin Burrow, Fields. Justin Fields is back as well. Yes, yeah. that's obviously a big one. So, um, yeah, a lot of lot of moving parts. I think now, speak, well, speak, I think MSU watch is officially on though. Absolutely. Well, speaking of moving parts, there are a lot of Power Five shake and bakes that took place. Indeed. Um, some names you'll recognize. We we wrote down. Indiana has a new <laughs> new offensive coordinator. I hope he's a lot better at. X's and O's than actually playing. Mm-hmm. Former Michigan quarterback Nick Sheridan of the Rich Rodriguez days. I was going to say, I have very fond memories of Nick Sheridan. Yes. I don't know about you. A little unfair. Watching him suit up at quarterback for at U of M was just so beautiful. Who was the kid that he 
would flip flop with Stephen Threat. There it is. Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget that name. Uh, your boy, another guy. Who Not was, my boy, but the one I remembered before the show. Yeah, <laughs> a former uh, Notre Dame quarterback, Tommy Rees. He was the quarterback like six years ago. Yeah, we were and, in school. Yeah, and now he's. Oh boy, it might be longer than that then. Yeah. But he's uh he is now the offensive coordinator for for Notre Dame. Um oh boy. we're really reaching that point where oh, we're seeing man. a lot of former players. Like we've got Byron Leftwich. It was weird doing to watch stuff well in we'll, the pros. We'll, we'll but, talk about it in a minute, but seeing Randy Moss's kid yeah, ball out that was that something. That was tough for that me. That was a tough one. Um some other phenomenal names you are definitely gonna recognize. San Diego State mm. has hired the one, mm-hmm. the only, yes, the headsetless Brady Hoke to be their head coach. You now, might remember that movie. Uh, you might, you <laughs> may know this movie. Um, Brady Hoke is. We've talked about it with Dan Enos about failing upwards. Yep. Listen, Brady Hoke's as as good a finesser as you will ever see can in I, your entire life. Can I talk to you about since you left him? If you're if you're smart and don't get as ingrained in the college football. And you just leave it at at Michigan State. It's healthy. <laughs> if the if you last left Brady Hoke at being fired from Michigan, you would know he took a year off, and then he was hired as the defensive coordinator at Oregon, where he was promptly fired after one year. Sure. And then he became the Tennessee uh, defensive line coach, and then interim head coach in the same year, and then fired, where he then went to be picked up by the Carolina Panthers defensive line coach where he was fired <laughs> and then landed at back at San Diego State as the defensive line coach. So this is nine years after he used to be the head coach. He goes back to the same school to be the defensive line coach. That's a big fall. Slight downgrade. And then they hire him to be the head coach, and they're like, you know what? We had Everyone had it wrong. Yeah. Bring back the magic you brought to us back in 2009-2010, which admittedly was a nice couple of years for him, yep. I believe. Um, yeah, they went 4-8 and eight and then 9-4. and four. Um, And then he was hired by Michigan. So basically what we're getting at is Jim Harbaugh in 2022 will be gone and they will hire Brady Hoke. Yep, time is a flat circle. It's I'm inevitable. For it. I'm, listen, if you think I'm going to complain... I'm, I'm all for it. Also, just seeing Brady Hope try to live up to the khakis aspect mm. of this whole thing. We get a very Chris Christie thing going on. The where large it's like, khakis. Yeah, where it's like the big donut, like the upper belly and the lower belly separate. What happens, like what ages, do you wake up one day and, you're, and you say to yourself, the pants now go above my belly button? I think there's a certain day. I think it's a certain weight. Like when okay. you're like, okay. If I keep them too low, they the lot's going to come undone oh, here very sit, quickly. They can't stay up. They cannot. That's the exactly. Issue. Like you need you need the uh, angle of the underbelly to uh-huh. support the belt. Wow. I'm just saying. Listen, I've been overweight from time to time. But I'm just not saying, that overweight. That's that is. They're not even pants at that point. No, like they're it's part like of a, your shirt. It's a security measure. <laughs> it's so that everything doesn't fall apart. I'd suggest in. You just wear a dress. Like you just a moon cover all of it. You do the Matt rule and wear the smock. There it is. Yes. That's smart. I'm um, pro smock. <laughs> I, if Mark D'Antonio is going to come back, do the smock. Tech smock. Yeah, okay. Why I not? I can't see anything wrong Make with the it. quarterback wear it. Speaking of smock, a word that rhymes with it is sock. And sock <laughs> puppets were things that wow. happened at Baylor. 
this past recruiting. <laughs> wow. That is every penny that we don't make. Did you? You just did. Did you see? Well, I think we talked about it. They're recruiting. Or their, uh, yeah, it was horrible. Design day. They did soccer. It's like coach. crank anchors. Well, Matt, I, here's why. Because Rule was like, I, yeah, I don't give a shit what you do. Socks, I'm, fine. I'm gone. Yeah. He was. He is gone. He's with uh, Carolina, right? Yeah, he's a Panther now. Yeah, and he, he, yeah we'll talk about them later. So, so Baylor is with, has a head coach vacancy. Um, Washington State had to get a new coach. Um, and we'll get to him. And, and it made a great hire, maybe. Nick Rolovich, Hawaii's head coach. That's right. The air raid lives on. I like it. I'm not sure what Nick Rolovich is thinking necessarily leaving the islands of Hawaii for Washington State, like the know. state of Washington. Yeah, that's it. Although weird. they have a great Samoan pipeline, so yeah. they probably played him pretty well. I don't really know where you're supposed to, like, I feel like the Samoan guys go to like three places it's BYU, BYU, Utah, yep. and like Washington. Washington State. You know who? <laughs> and you know what? Decent pipeline. You know who else is thrilled about this? Um, that hire is Washington. Sure. They have beat the shit out of the air raid for how many years yeah. in a row? And they're yep. like, oh, yeah, great. Do it, keep, run it back, baby. Keep it rolling. <laughs> I love it. 7,000 empty yards for your quarterback <laughs> again. Um, which leads us to our favorite hire of the offseason. Maybe ever. <laughs> Maybe ever. Mississippi State picks up one pirate, Mike Leach. And, guys, Mike Leach versus Lane Kiffin is happening. It is. I tweeted this out. There's a lot of bad shit happening in the world. Mm -hmm. A lot of messed up stuff every Mm -hmm. single day. Indisputed. This is one of those moments when you're like, you know what? Things are going to be all right. Things are okay. When we get handed a Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach egg bowl, I don't know how much more you can ask for as a sports fan. ESPN could charge money for the pressers, and I would pay. Uh, SEC Media Day is now like one of uh, an event. Like I don't want to miss a second of it. Nobody will even be talking to Saban. Yeah, there's nothing to talk to him about. Saban, you have Ed Orgeron. The most I've heard, I've heard it said. I think it might have been on Pardon My Take that the most normal guy is Dan Mullen, whose wife makes out with all the players. Yeah, and and that's normal. <laughs> and that's comparatively, like, he's like the normal guy. That's a normal thing. Yeah, like you have Kirby Smart's like weird Smurf face and his yeah. visor that smashes his head. Yeah, I mean it's it's really an electric group whoever's coaching at arkansas no idea who that is oh, yeah. you could tell me any name i forgot i just oh, they i like up a- appalachian states oh yeah i like to think it's burt bielema it is just all the In time. spirit it is forever speaking okay. of arkansas r.i.p tusk four. Oh, big up big ups tusk four big up r.i.p tusk four i hope and i i don't mean this meanly i hope they ate him he'd want that I think so. He'd want to be eaten. The offensive line would want, should, you know, everyone wins. Uh, yeah. I mean, go out the way it was intended. I am for it. Um, a college football championship happened. and Sure did. It was a blast. It great, was a, I had a great fantastic time. game. I had a great time. Playoffs in general, I thought this year, were quite entertaining. I was still entertained during the LSU-Oklahoma blowout. Yeah, so was I. It was still entertaining to me. It was entertaining in a way where it's like, just such a complete and total mismatch. Well, we've been there. Yeah, and sure have. It's nice to see other teams get bad things happen to other. Yeah, people. I don't know. It just helped me. No, it, it's therapy. Um, this was absurd mm-hmm. in every way, and and I they saw it tweeted quite a bit, but um, it is wild to watch this game and realize that these teams are 
playing the same sport mm. that Michigan State plays. Like mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. The difference between the true elite of the elite. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're talking four or five programs. Two well, they're good. They're good. They're only a couple good Bordel, teams. I, LSU, I would argue, is great. Very few. So of you're them. talking about the, the the elite of the elite, the the one percent, as they say. Mm. The difference from them to your average, and Michigan, which Michigan State is, is six and six, the definition of average. Your average Power Five program is staggering in talent, in execution, in every single way. It is a it was remarkable difference. Like I don't know that you could look at LSU. Here's a, just a, a thought exercise. How many Michigan State players start at LSU on either side of the ball mm-hmm. from this year's team? Mm. Aside from Brian Lewerke. Of course. Oh, boy. Raekwon? I, I sort of, this is what I'm saying. Like maybe Raekwon. Maybe Raekwon Williams? Maybe. M- like no, maybe Kenny Willekes? No. No? Probably not. No. No one on, no one on offense. No. Uh, Coughlin? Because their kicker sucks? Maybe. But that's what I'm saying. Like these Definitely are two, our punter. These are two, Definitely Hart, Jake. Yep. Hartberger in a landslide. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're talking about two programs that are power five. Mm. And there are, we're, we're talking generously saying three players from Michigan State would start on LSU's team. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes for Clemson. Same thing goes for probably Ohio, Ohio State, State yeah. Oklahoma. Oklahoma maybe more because of defense. Mm-hmm. But the point stands. And, and it's, it's, I know you had a stat earlier about. I, I think it is worth diving into the stats from LSU's offense because I, there's a very real chance. I don't even think it's really much of an argument. I don't know the historical context back and front. This was the, maybe the best college football team of all time. I they mean, beat what eight ranked teams? Yeah, I mean, we people say that a lot, but this one, true. this one, this is real. Like I, I think there's a very real possibility. The historical context here is insane. And John, I haven't done this yet. I saved it for this part of the podcast. Mm. I just want to read you LSU's individual offensive statistics from this year. I'm nervous. So first of all, I think the one people know at this point is Joe Burrow. 5,671 passing yards, 368 rushing yards. Pretty sure, without doing the math, that's over 6,000 total yards in a season. Completed 76% of his passes for an average of 10.8 yards per pass. Jeez. That's insane. That's the first down every time he completes a pass. That's so crazy. He com- had 60 touchdown passes. First time ever. Yep. Only six interceptions. Their running back, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 1,414 yards and 16 touchdowns. That's a lot. But where it gets really outrageous are the receivers. Three receivers had more than 13 touchdowns. <laughs> Three separate ones. The third most is Terrence Marshall Jr., who had 46 catches for 671 yards and 13 touchdowns. Can I, can I give some context to that? Sure. 13 touchdowns. Just, just so you understand, those three players, if they only played one season at Michigan State, would be tied for 14th all-time in touchdown reception. <laughs> three players on one team. Uh, all three of them. All three of them. And these are these are three guys. Felton Davis had 14 in his career. <laughs> um, by the way, Terrence Marshall Jr. had the fifth most catches on the team. Sure. Uh, the running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, had the third most. Uh, the... Second leading receiver in terms of yardage, Justin Jefferson, had 111 catches mm. for 1,540 yards and 18 touchdowns. 
The most in terms of yardage and touchdowns was Jamar Chase, who had 84 catches, 1,780 yards, and 20, 20 receiving touchdowns. So that is that would be seventh insane. That would be seventeenth all time on Michigan State's career. All time, all time uh, yards. Receiving. You you would on the easiest level of NCAA football mm-hmm. would have to deliberately try to throw a player the ball as often as possible to hit these numbers in a video game. Mm-hmm. One hundred and eleven catches in fifteen games. That's insane. Like this, the, the turnaround from being LSU which is like the grinded out ugly Bama Jr. to this. It's a one year. It's insane. They, they just brought in what? One guy. Brady. Joe Brady, who has now already gone back to the NFL, <laughs> which I respect so and so much. You should. Like why and never come back. No. Go to college, be the single greatest offensive coordinator of all time. Did it. And turn around and leave. Yeah. I just respect. And laugh at everyone. Incredible respect. Tell everyone how stupid they are. And just be like, that was so, so easy. That was so easy. You guys are so bad at your jobs. Yeah, you're bad up here in the pros. You guys should go to college. I was literally the best to ever do it. In one year. In one year. I yeah, showed up. Just do the same thing I did. I piss excellence yeah. down there. <laughs> I'll right. never have to buy a bowl of gumbo ever again. Man. Okay, that was damning and kind of really depressing. Yep. Um, which tells us what? What are you going to say? How far away Michigan State is? Fact. Um, I was going to say really quickly. Slight programming note here. Mm-hmm. We have commercials now. You may have noticed that oh, on the yeah. last podcast. So we're going to try to make like little parts during the pod now where we're like, hey, by the way, a commercial's coming. Because last time I listened to the episode, it was just sort of like randomly in the middle, which I think sort of is on brand. Actually, yeah. so maybe or maybe maybe you won't know. We can control this. Yeah, I'm learning. In real oh time. yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Oh, yeah. We're sorry that we didn't really tell you if you can't get us on SoundCloud. We're working on it. Um, we've joined the SB Nation podcast network, which is cool because now we're going to be available in a lot of different places and have some extra resources at our disposal. Oh. We'll also be able to make a little bit of money, which we are going to donate. Oh, yeah. Um, we didn't even tell anyone. This. No, we didn't. Oh. But we're doing it now. We're going to donate it. To the uh, Survivor Fund at Michigan State. Yes. So, like, if you're listening, um, you can feel good that your listen is a donation. Exactly. So, like, every download we get some small percentage, and we're just going to go ahead and give it to people who need it more than we do. So, um, yeah, that was a quick programming note. Um, (laughs) So, one thing we should – so, now I want to talk about a completely different sport that's not even college sports. And then we're going to talk about Michigan State basketball. The Houston Astros. Oh, okay. I want to talk about this real quick. Well, the theme is cheating. The theme's cheating. Okay, yes. that's what so we're I was going to say. About. One thing, Michigan. If we want to talk about what the transition should have been, something Michigan State should look into doing more of is cheating. LSU, known LSU cheaters didn't need to cheat though. Known cheaters. Yeah. Will Wade still the head oh, coach. Oh, basketball. Yeah, they cheat a lot. They cheat in football too. Yeah, probably. Odell Beckham probably? was just handing money out, which which LSU claims was fake money. I love the thought that Odell Beckham Jr. went through the trouble to have, to have fake dollar bills made yeah. for this exact situation. Well, it's it's the truth if you believe it. I believe it. Yeah. I'm choosing to believe it. Yeah. The entire state of Louisiana believes it. And you know what? The NCAA probably believes it, too. They're like, you know what? Good enough for us. Sounds good. Um, but anyways, cheating. I think more teams should do it. Houston, the Astros... Uh, went through this whole scandal. If you're not a baseball fan, basically in the year of 2017, the year they won the World Series, 
it was basically uncovered that they had a systematic cheating scandal going on where they had a camera in center field which was being fed to a TV in the uh, like just under the dugout like mm-hmm. in the kind of a hallway behind the dugout someone was watching that and basically relaying the signs of the pitcher what he was going to throw to somebody who banged systematically on a garbage can so if it was a fastball bam bam breaking ball one bam and then the, the hitters would hear that and they had an incredible offensive season is that like the most efficient way of doing things? Probably not, but I really like it. It's very baseball. <laughs> it's, it's probably something I'd come up with and be like, we could hit a trash can. <laughs> and there's enough people in the same room who are like, yeah, it we, go. Like we, real... we have a trash can. We've been wondering what to do with this trash can. <laughs> it just feels so MacGyver. Like, yeah. what do you, they had no other, they had all of the work and no. they had no resources nope. or technology to take the next like, Well, step. we got all these extra bats. This can's been sitting here for years. <laughs> Might as well hit it. Um, so basically what happened was this past week, MLB uh, handed down a big punishment where um, the GM and manager were suspended initially for a year, in turn fired by their organization, as was the current manager of the Boston Red Sox, Alex Cora, who used to work for Houston. Mm-hmm. They got fired. MLB docked. Houston, their first and second round draft picks in this year's draft and next year's draft, and find them the maximum amount uh, that was allowable by the CBA, which was $5 million. If I'm another organization, a fan of another organization, I am begging, begging my team to start cheating. <laughs> begging. Like, get an air horn. Skip the, skip the hitting of the, yeah. the trash can. Get an air horn. Have, or, or have a guy stand on the top of the dugout and scream, it's a fastball. I don't care mm-hmm. because $5 million is an amount that I would wager upping hot dog prices by 50 cents for a season will cover in about three weeks. Right. Um, first and second round draft picks for a good baseball team don't matter. Just simply don't matter at all. It's the sport where you might not see your first round draft pick for five years, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. So who cares? Um, and then additionally, GM and manager getting fired, kind of a big deal. I think it'll be enough to keep GMs and managers from cheating like this. They're going to get rehired. They're they're also definitely going to get rehired. But as a fan, not my money. Yeah. Not my draft picks. Yeah. Not my job. Guess what's still up? The banner. Guess what I still have? All the memories. The t-shirt. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. So, like, uh. I saw that, and it's not it's it's a huge penalty, but I also think... You know, cheat more. No one get who cares. Nobody gets caught in college athletics unless you're Rick Patino. Well, you know what though, Rick, you said it. <laughs> Will Wade still has a job. He was caught cheating like six months ago. Yeah, doesn't matter. Bill Self still has a job. Bill, nobody cheats like Bill Self. Coach K, it's fine. Definitely cheats. All you have to do is deny. Yeah, just say the moment you know, that you start, did. You do that? No. Well, okay then. Who are we to question you? Can I, as a the house is on fire. Your name's on the deed. Did you light it on fire? You're coated in kerosene. No. All right. Well, <laughs> seems like a stand. What can guy. we do? <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny. You mentioned I did a quick story. Um, You're saying they're banging the trash can. My grandpa uh, was a coach of a high school in the 50s and 60s, which means you coached the football, basketball, and baseball team. You're Love just it. Coach. <laughs> awesome. Okay. And principal. Oh. So you just do it all. Okay. Wow. Ran the town. So, Mayor. Pretty much. So. <laughs> My man, he didn't know much about baseball. So what he would do is he was like, kids are stupid. 
<laughs> you got to make things as easy as possible. Universal fact. So instead of signs, he would just yell out from the dugout, steal on the second pitch. <laughs> and it's a, it's just a mind blow yeah. for everyone. They're like, is it serious? Is he going to do that? Is he really going to do it? Throw a breaking ball. And it's like, <laughs> but then sometimes the kids couldn't do it. So of then course. it's like, so now it's a true mind F for the uh, other team. The they're like, it was supposed to be a breaking ball. I'm it sitting on a breaking ball? Sitting on it, but it wasn't. That's- that's like so much genius when idiocy turns into genius. Oh, so the whole point is just beautiful. It is. And part of that, I think, as we get back into our Michigan State sports, our offensive coaches are, in general, could learn something from the almost effortlessness that LSU and Clemson put on the field for offense. It was not overthought. No. They just put the ball in their athletes' hands. It was quite simple. It shouldn't be that hard. It's not. It shouldn't. So, because Ed o, Ed o won a national championship. Yeah, and I think the, that man, the, the most damning part of it is that he did it because he wasn't afraid to hire somebody new yeah. who had different thoughts and opinions. And uh, that... The, Ed O is man ball as a yeah. human. Human form of man ball. Yeah. The voice and all. Yeah. And he said, it's not working. Yeah. I should stop. There it is. And yet... Michigan State is where we are. So um, either there will be a commercial at this part or there won't. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Too soon to say. That was fun. Anyways. Welcome back. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, welcome back. Or maybe not. Uh, okay, men's basketball. Um, weird week. Weird. Real weird week. Started off good, ended uh, pretty bad. Let's talk about the Minnesota game quickly. 74-58 yeah. to win, if you remember. This was last week. Tillman had a, car- a career game. Yep. Career game. Played quite well. On the come up. Um, and against an NBA talent in Daniel Oturu, who also had a nice game. The big, nice week. The Big Ten in general, best big man in the country. Uh, yeah, I think I think without question the best big man in the country. I'm just thinking of three off the top of my head in Oturu, Caleb Wesson, Kobe. Xavier Tillman, Kofi Coburn. Yeah, man. Um, you've got Luca Garza's having a great he season. He might have the best stats yeah. of all. I mean, John Teske's a nice player. John Teske's perfectly fine. I mean, it's a, there's just a lot of beef, too. These yeah. aren't just like Marcus Bingham types. These are nope. like traditional centers. Fellas, as um, they say. So uh, Tillman holds his own. Um, MSU's defensive th- defense on the three-point line um, becoming elite um, until the next game. Hold on. And um, what we did see, though, is another bad game out of Rocket Watts. Really sloppy stretches from Rocket. Overwhelmed. Three turnovers and 0 of 3 shooting in the first half alone. We saw um, what was maybe a problem and is becoming one in a slumping Thomas Kithier. And um, the weird part, which has now been explained, is there was no Kyle Arns, and now we've been learned that he's been shut down for the foreseeable future. Yep, but, I mean, as is tradition, mm. Kyle Arns has been banged up. His Achilles in his knee this year. 
um, back from back. Right. Stalled. It's all coming together. I think it's probably the right thing to do. I. It's more important at this point. I think we've been through this enough with Kyle Lawrence. Yeah, we know the drill. There's no point, and and he's coming. He's the ninth man, mm-hmm. right? So get him healthy, get him right, get more experience for some of these younger guys, and uh, just make sure he's okay for the stretch run, which uh, apparently he he will be. Um, per coach Izzo. So all in all, uh, a nice win, I thought, um, over over Minnesota. The first half a little sloppy, in my opinion. Kind of was a little closer than it, it needed sleep, to be. There's like sleepwalking. And, yeah. and um, you know, there were some positives, though. You know, Julius Marble um, was finding yeah. minutes, positive minutes, because of the slumping Thomas Kithier that we've seen. Um, that may continue that trend on both sides and moving forward. Um, any other big takeaways for me? This is a game that was. Um, I would have been really concerned if they lost a home game versus oh, Minnesota. Oh, this, this would have been a big red flag game. I would. I think my biggest takeaway is that it was nice to see them pull away in the second half. Uh, Minnesota wasn't doing anything particularly well. I mean, if they were ever going to win this game, they needed Carr to come out and have a really nice game. He, he went, got in foul trouble. Got in foul trouble early. Had four fouls. Went three of eleven from the field. Didn't do a lot. Um, Oturu uh, is a really nice player. He went and dropped 30 later that week against Michigan, too. Mm-hmm. So, really good player. I think what you're seeing here when you come out of this game is that you've got your Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Your Winston and Tillman are potentially both first-team All-Big Ten type of players. I mean, Cassius is first-team All-American type of player. Hit three threes in this game, which was nice. Um, and you know what you've got in Tillman. He's become elite and really just kind of is... One of those cases where you've got an experienced player who really just knows his yeah, knows his role. Um, exactly. I think what's becoming a little more glaring is the lack of the third member of the triumvirate. Now, coming into the year, and we talked about this a bit before, but coming into the year was supposed to be Aaron Henry. I mean, mm-hmm. it was the logical next step. We talked about him possibly going pro. Um, early on in the year, it was a little more Gabe Brown. Uh, we've seen some big flashes from Marcus Bingham, who was never really anticipated to be in that role. It's really Henry and and Brown once Josh Langford went down, and we get we still get really hot and cold from both of them. Yep. Neither of them are that consistent third weapon sitting here today. Uh, Aaron Henry, I feel like in particular, really has that opportunity before him, and he's been rebounding the ball a lot better and did have seven assists in this game, which mm-hmm. is great. But offensively, he's. Not a great shooter yet. Didn't really take that step forward. And he just goes so hot and cold in his level of aggressiveness, in the types of shots he takes, in his just confidence. Um, He's going to need to level out and really step up to that role, Mm -hmm. I think, if Michigan State is going to get to where they want to get to. Because, listen, as good as Winston and Tillman are, they're only going to take you so far. There's going to be some nights, like the one we're about to talk about, Cassius just doesn't have it. Things just aren't going right, and you need another person to sack up and go out there and hit some shots. Yep. It's just not coming from Henry right now. I think the ideal world here is that Henry becomes that third person, and Gabe Brown is sort of your high-variance fourth where he's you're comfortable with him taking shots, and sometimes you get some some big wow moments out of him. The, the interesting one is the kid who we have been a little underwhelmed with all year had his one of his best games in Rocket Watts in a – 29-point defeat against Purdue. Yeah, so now we'll start talking about <laughs> that game, which sucked. So, um, so one of the few bright spots in the entire game. Um, it was just an embarrassing performance overall. Um, what I think was interesting and perhaps um, a good move is that Izzo didn't go nuts at any point, didn't get teed up. This was not a ref thing. Um, certainly there were bad calls, but I tell you, 
their Michigan State was not going to win this game. Yeah, the, because of things they did to themselves. Right. This isn't. A, a, this is not a ref game. No, no. And and like that's why it was great that Izzo was just kind of like, yep, let's just the rep, like let's get this done as quickly as possible, and get out of here because this is pointless. I, I mean, this is just this is to me. Let's just talk about kind of like what happened in the game, and then we'll do the big picture stuff. But uh, Michigan State, it was kind of over right off the bat. I mean, Purdue came out, hit some early shots. MSU couldn't get a thing to drop, even though they were kind of controlling the game very early on, um, like very early within the first five minutes. Purdue got up like 13-4, to and it just never really turned around. Mm -hmm. They didn't even get any spectacular performances in this game. I mean, Trevion Williams had 16 and 7 and 4 assists, well, played really well, but I can tell you I guess there was one that really stood out. Yeah, it was Evan Bordeaux, a, a guy who averaged going into this game, you know, less than 3 points a game and before this game was shooting um 22%. Yeah, 22% for 3 goes 3 of 5 hits and not just hit some shots, but hit some like Big threes. <laughs> just shots that really take the wind out of you when you, you, you know, you're starting to feel like you can probably come back if you can string together some stops. And you and that's the guy you want to shoot. That's an MSU defensive game plan working well. And, you know, he hit him. And that's how you beat Michigan teams. Is yeah. I, I mean, it, you know, it feels like you get one of t or two of these every single year um, where that just kind of – Happens well, and, and we did it to Seton Hall. Malik Hall, right? Malik Hall had that game. So I, Michigan State just kind of fell apart. This game got really out of hand at the end. I, even though this was a twenty-nine point loss, I don't think that really tells an accurate story of the game. It's not far from accurate. Yeah, but um, I was actually impressed with MSU's toughness in this one to a certain extent because with ten minutes to go in the game. They cut the lead to 11. Mm -hmm. like they were very much in this. And I think the next thing that happened was Trevion Williams went to the line and then Harms made a shot. And then it was just like they went on like a 7-0 run after that. MSU just didn't have it. I mean, it was all of the bad habits that you've seen creep up before. Uh, Cassius Winston had nine turnovers in this game. He went 0 for 5 from 3. And you're simply put, MSU is not going to survive games. When he does that, they're just, they're not. Yeah, you're right. And to your point, and like you're probably if you're listening, you're like, no, this was an absolute ass kicking. It was that the entire game. Let me just point something out. Um, our our new friend on Twitter, uh, Krangus McBasketball, um, who I believe founded yeah he founded the Basketball Index, which is an incredible site. You should definitely check it out. He sent us the game um, log. And I think it's really interesting to take a look at the team actual versus team expected points based on what happened in this game. And that can be derived based on what players have done to date. Um, and the actual points total should have been more along the lines of 48 to 44, a Purdue win. But certain players miss shots that they usually make, see Cassius Winston. Um, and certain players on Purdue made shots that they don't, that they, um, Normally don't see Evan Bordeaux by about nine points. Um, you add all that together, and it's not a 29-point defeat. It's actually a lot closer. So um, worth worth noting that if there is a positive, I would say it is this. You are going to likely have a very difficult time winning at Mackey, full stop. It yep. doesn't matter the team. You are likely <clears throat> going to have a clunker of a game in a year, full stop. Why not put them together? Right. 
I agree. I mean, I, it is one of those where you're just like, okay, this. The other part of it too is I don't. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with losing one game. It's it counts as one. It, it, you never want to lose by twenty nine. But I will note for the listeners, there is hope. If you are feeling like this team cannot compete for a national championship. Please note that in this past decade, a team has lost by 29 and still won a national championship that year. It's possible. People have bad nights, and especially in a year where, here's the best way analogy I can describe it. There are no 10s. There are no hot, hot people right. as college basketball teams. None. There's no, you know, 2009 North Carolina. Okay? There's no 2019 Duke. Nice. They were a 10. They were a 10. They were. There are no 10s this year. Michigan's, at best, there are 8s. And there are a handful of 8s. Michigan State's an 8. We got a photo taken of us from the worst possible angle. Yeah. With the most unflattering filters. And everything that we were bad at, offensive, defending uh, the glass against offensive rebounding, um, and uh, three-point three-point percentage uh, leaving leaving guys open it in our three-point shooting excuse me it all happened we had our tummies hanging out mm-hmm. in this photo and it made us hungover really fat no makeup it's a bad look yeah it, it wasn't good it got posted you ever seen that photo of ben affleck smoking a cigarette where he just looks so terribly depressed i think it's Sheehan's favorite photo. yes that's kind of what happened yeah and you know what Eights can still have a really, really good feed. Yeah. Fact. Great feeds. Tremendous feeds. I think the goal here is to play Wisconsin and get get some good photos back up. Uh, I agree. I mean, listen, at this point, you take the L and you move on. Oh, you can and, do. And, like I said, I don't mind losing a game at some point. You don't want to lose by 29, but you don't mind losing a game here at this point in the season. Level set. Hey, guys, we got some shit to figure out. Move forward. And have four days off before you take on... A very hot Wisconsin Badger team. Indeed. Not words you usually put together, hot Wisconsin, but here we are. Um, Wisconsin, hot. Yeah, uh, 22 in Kempom despite their 11-6 and six record, but one game behind Michigan State in the Big Ten standings. Yes. And a lot of it is because of one Micah Potter, who since joining the team has uh, improved Wisconsin. They're 6-1. and one. Um, And a lot of that is because... And not necessarily because um, he is just like a superstar. It, having another solid player, especially a big man, allows for people to have off nights. Wisconsin was kind of operating on a no margin of error, and um, their last game, which they just beat, per, or excuse me, uh, beat Maryland at home, Aleem Ford and Demetri Trice were no shows. But Michael Potter had a plus game, and you can win games like that when you have a handful of other guys like. Brad Davison and uh, Nate Reavers show up. Interesting note on Micah Potter. Wisconsin Badger fans are in love with him and think he should play much more. Greg Gard didn't play him the last 10 minutes of the game. A lot of questions about why that happened. But uh, Stathead Wisconsin basketball fans are pointing and saying, actually, hashtag well actually, Micah Potter has a net negative rating when he plays versus when he's not playing. His defense is so poor, and it's not necessarily one-on-one defense, but Wisconsin gets put in such bad rotational problems when he's on the floor that teams were actually scoring at a higher clip 
um, when he's playing than even when he uh, was able to put up 16 points on like six shots. Yeah, that's not that's not good. He does bring them offensively a really nice player, though. But think about this. Like, despite as efficient as he is on offense and the spark he's providing, he's still hurting their team. Yeah. Which is weird because I also said they went 6-1. and one. It, It's just this hidden gem of a, uh, a nugget. To keep I, I think they've got a little bit of tape on him now, too. That's I think people that. really know how they use him. I think what he does is he gives... Uh, he, I guess the potential issue for Wisconsin is he and Reavers are very similar type of players. Like They like to play on the perimeter-ish. Um, he's shooting 50% from three, 95%, from, 94% from the line, averaging 10 points a game. I think what he does is he buys them, like you said, even more depth, although they were playing a lot of guys quite a few minutes. I mean, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys uh, that are playing over 11 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a pretty robust rotation. And the balance really jumps out at me because they have three dudes that are scoring more than 10 points a game and four others that are scoring more than seven. So really there is quite a bit of balance here. And I think what you're seeing is almost the exact antithesis of last year's team where they had one guy in Ethan Happ. Yep. And if he's not going, they're not going. Yep. This year they have a lot of depth, but they don't really have that one guy. No one in here does anything particularly exciting. Um Again, Potter is shooting 50% from three. I got a feeling it's on very few attempts. Yeah. Uh, well, 7 of 14. Not insignificant. The rest of this team, three-point shooting. They can't um, shoot a they, Nobody. I mean, they, they don't even have another player. that They have one other guy in Brevin Pritzel who is a top 32% from three. So this their method to winning is both very Wisconsin and both very not Wisconsin. They do not rebound the ball particularly well especially on offense, which is where Michigan State has struggled a bit early on. They should have a good advantage there. Uh, They don't shoot particularly well. They just kind of muddle through and make it work, and they play solid. Obviously, great defense with guys like Brad Davidson. So um, it's going to be an interesting uh, matchup. I think Davidson pros is is one of the tougher defensive challenges in Mm -hmm. the Big Ten. Now, Cassius Winston, from what I remember, Kind of gave him work last year a little bit, yep. which he tends to do to most people. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing to watch in this one, and really moving forward, is something that Purdue did that no one else, for whatever reason, has really tried this year, yeah. and that is to get in Cassius's Winston, Cassius Winston's face 90 feet, yeah. or whatever the distance Make is. Make him work. The entire time. Because they had, now they have an advantage. They have Aaron Wheeler and Nojel Eastern, yep. both of whom are enormous individuals and very, very good defenders, Davison, a very good defender, doesn't pose the same physical challenges right. for Cassius that those two do. So whether you're able to do that or not, the other thing that you have to do in order to get into that situation is you have to make shots because you have to make Michigan State inbound the ball, which is your opportunity to actually get up and press because if they're running off misses, you you don't get that opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, the one guy I do like on their team, I've been liking him for the past couple of years, Kobe King. He's their athlete. Yes, he's, he is. He's the one guy that I think has uh, NBA talent on that team. Um, kind of waiting for his his big, big breakout into the league. The other guy I like is mm-hmm. Aleem Ford. I know. And he's betraying me, a la Justin Herbert, in that he looks like he should be really good. Yes, he does. He looks the part. And he's not. Uh, he's supposed to be your stretch four, shooting less than 31% from three. But he has a great name. Yes, he does. He's a great name overall. So... <laughs> Um, all right, so things to watch for. Um, 
I think like you said, it's a speed versus slow game. Yeah. Michigan State could not get out and run against Purdue. Um, this is the opportunity to change that and get some fast break points on the board because that changes everything. Then on the 23rd, uh, Michigan State travels to Assembly Hall, uh, Indiana's version, <laughs> not Illinois, um, to take on um, what we believe to be a fraudulent Hoosier team. Indeed. Now, they did take down Ohio State. Um, but we believe they are frauds. So fraud beat a fraud. I don't know what that tells you. Um, they have some decent talent. Um, you remember Trace Jackson Davis from the recruiting days. He is a stud. 6'11", averaging 15 and 8 and two blocks a game. The Big Ten freshman of the year race is between he and Kofi Coburn. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it's scary to think where IU would be without him. He's leading the team in blocks, rebounds, and points. Uh, shooting 64, practically 64% from the field, really kind of carrying them uh, for all intents and purposes. The other guy, really two other guys to, to note here, they do have four 10-point scorers. Um, the other two to note are Devontae Green, who's taking kind of a big step forward here in his senior year yeah. and taking that lead guard role, uh, shooting nearly 40% from three, um, averaging 12.5 points a game. The other one is Justin Smith, who everybody remembers from MSU's two defeats last year where he came out of absolutely nowhere to have big games. He's averaging almost 12 a game this year. Uh, Again, not much of a shooter. But as a team, this this team's a worse shooting team than Wisconsin. Yeah, man. They shoot 31% from three. But misses lead to one thing, rebounds. And they're one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. Yeah. So a lot of their offense is actually produced on chaos rebounds. Um, their offense, by the way, yeah. if you've watched them play this year, there's no offense. Nope. There's none. Absolutely no system whatsoever. It's guys jacking up threes and them getting offensive rebounds and Trace Jackson Davis being extremely athletic. Uh, they do have a lot of athletes and a lot of size on this roster. Between TJD, Justin Smith, uh, Joey Brunk is a big dude as well. They can cause problems for you uh, on the glass for sure. Always a big fan of playing Indiana during the week not on weekends yeah no kidding um but they're chaos chaotic fan base anyway um so 35 and ken palm uh this would be a good win um if you could go on the road every road game should not be taken for granted home games are must wins yep road games are um you hope for the best yeah and at this point msu's still in the lead obviously for the big 10 but the more wins you can get uh the better. So a couple of uh, Big Ten games that we keep an eye on this weekend. Michigan travels to Iowa. This would be an Iowa revenge game. Um, and Michigan maybe has livers returning. Don't know. Maybe. Don't know when he's quite coming back, but he has alluded to a little bit on social media that he, he may be returning. Purdue at Maryland. Um, this is where we find out, is Purdue a contender or a pretender? You know, they, they showed up at Michigan State. Can you do it on the road? Yeah, in the game before, as we had clowned them for, they scored 37 points against Illinois. Show so, me what you are. You, yeah, figure figure it out. Figure it out. And then finally, um, Ohio State at Penn State. Ohio State could be eliminated from the Big Ten race on Saturday. That's a crazy thing to say. It is. And really, if you look at the Big Ten in general, the margin for error. But Okay, first of all, yes, Ohio State could absolutely be eliminated. Penn State is every bit as good as Ohio State, even though they've been – they're both frauds, as we'll talk about. But um, – when you look at the Big Ten standings right now, Michigan State the only team with one loss currently, which makes their game against Wisconsin massive. massive. Because if you're able to win that and stay at 6-1 and, and knock Wisconsin down to the to the tiers of the three-loss teams, 
you then take, for all intents and purposes, a two-game lead over the rest of the conference seven games in. Mm. That puts everybody else on absolutely massive high alert. You really can't slip up. And I think what we've seen is teams 2 through 12 in this league are very similar. Can, can I expound on that? You can. So um, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Purdue, Ohio State, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan, Maryland, Indiana, and Penn State are statistically most likely to go either 9-11, 10-10, or 11-9. That's just incredible. Yeah, that is absolutely wild. And then you have Northwestern and Nebraska who are probably going to win four or five games each, and Michigan State who's um, projected to win 14. I mean, that... It, I've never seen it like this. And you know what the weird thing is? We were talking about it before. The Big Ten might not necessarily be great at the top. It's just good. Yeah. It's just a bunch of decent tournament round of 32 teams. Yeah, I think you'll end up getting a a handful. Yeah, the the second day or the third and fourth days of the tournament, I should say. Big Ten heavy. Heavy. That's that yeah. second round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, who? How many make it to the Sweet Sixteen? Like maybe two, two? three. Yeah, I mean, it, like, <laughs> it's gonna. Be it's weird. not gonna be a lot. So it's it's gonna be probably the most fun conference to watch all oh. year because every game will be pretty competitive. Um, but when you talk about elite, I think you have one team in the conference that has a chance to be elite, and that's Michigan State. But and which is wild to say about a conference that's had. Two other teams ranked number two in the country for stretches of this season. It's it's, uh, it's a funny conference, but Michigan State. I don't want to say Friday is a must win, but it, for me, it's a must win if you want me to take you seriously as a contender. A, yeah, a, a, you, you can't. I th- I'll put it this way: it's 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 not a must win in that they can't still uh, win the Big Ten, sure. in that they can't still have a successful season, but. If you are intent on being what we were told you were going to be, this is the type of team with a senior point guard and a dominant junior big man leading the way and a Hall of Fame coach that should not lose a Friday night game. With four days rest. With four days rest coming off that type of embarrassment. Yep. It just it shouldn't happen. And if, if it does, I think it might – like, it's still so early, mm-hmm. but you – I think for the first time all year, even in spite of those three losses early on, for the first time all year, and even in spite of the loss last week, you truly have to reexamine what the realistic ceiling is for this team. Looking forward to Friday. And one thing we'll start to do moving forward is give you some upcoming national games um, as, as the, the greater picture starts to short it, sort itself out. And finally, we're compiling a list of teams you don't want to play. Indeed we are. And uh, we'll touch on those um, as they hit the National Game of the Week spotlight. So with that, anything to add, Austin? In terms of games this week? Just in general. I've got a couple. Hit me. Um, The first one coming out, all three of these happening on Saturday. Uh, Louisville headed to Cameron Indoor to play Duke, who just lost to Clemson. Mm -hmm. I think we're seeing a lot of... Potentially fraudulent behavior here early from Duke. Just a lot of eights. A lot of eights. They're another eight, especially when you. I mean, Vernon Carey obviously incredible. You're going to get some du- some you get, duds. You get clunkers. We talked about the the NCAA tournament. A lot of Big Ten teams in the round of 32. Very real chance there's no one seeds in the final four. Yeah, I believe it. Very real. I just don't even know who they are. We don't even know who the four. It's crazy. Yeah. Sitting at this point in the year, usually you've got a pretty good beat on it. But yeah, Louisville five and one, Duke five and one, big boy game. Could shake some things up to former number one overall teams. We got a couple others here. Colorado heading to Arizona. Is Arizona good? They should be. 
they have a lot. You of, know, I get sucked in by Arizona I, yeah. every single year. M- uh, Nico, Nico Mannion, Mannion, baby, studs, nasty. They got guys, young guys. Another known cheater, Sean oh, Miller, <laughs> openly known cheater. Again, <laughs> my respect for him is at an all-time high. Um, Pac-12 sucks, um, but it's uni- a universal yes. truth. Um, doesn't mean the games can't be entertaining. And finally, um, BYU at Gonzaga. It's one of the few games um, in where the Zags can be challenged. Yeah, and they're kind of in that coast part of the year. Mm-hmm. The conference is kind of like, okay, we play St. Mary's, great. And then aside from that, you know, B squad the rest of the way. Pretty so, much. Um, yeah, to play another P5 team, I don't know much about BYU in particular. They're the second best team in that conference. Okay. That's pretty much it. There you go. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, we're going to touch on some teams we don't want to play soon. One playing tonight, Butler. Um, Dayton we saw in the Maui yep. the Classic. Obi Toppin. And then San Diego State, uh, another team that is just uh, plays their style of ball and and makes it hell for you. So we'll talk a little bit more about them. We'll as get into those as the picture kind of irons But it's out. mid-January. We're still, we're, we're still working on us. Yeah. We're working on us. Us. Right and by us, you mean the Big Ten. Self-care. Mm-hmm. Got to look, look inward first. Um, I'm excited for Friday. Uh, I'd like to see how they respond. I, I would like to think that the first four minutes will be the most, I would hope, the most focused yeah. and energetic four minutes you've seen. There's nothing wrong with being, losing at the end of those four minutes, but you should see a level of effort. Yeah, an, exec- an execution. Higher than we've seen in a while. Yep, I, I would agree. I think this is a, a very much a answer game. you got to come out and you have to have an answer because, listen, we're not in November and December anymore. Mm-mm. This isn't mess around pre you know non-conference this is every game matters to whether you're winning your conference or not and this is the type of game where they need to 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 buckle down and and get a win it doesn't have to be pretty i'm sure it's it's wisconsin so i'm sure it won't won't be be. but um this is a game you'd like to come out you'd like to get solid performances from your guys i think like you said we didn't really touch on it but rocket watts actually had a nice game against purdue which seems to be very fitting Mm -hmm. um in that it didn't matter yeah but um Aside from his blip against Minnesota, I think we have seen a pretty positive upward trajectory. His play in this game is going to be important because he's going to have to check guards that are very involved. Yep. Um, and so I, I think you'll also hopefully see a really nice rebound from uh, Cassius in particular, who had, just like last year at Illinois, bottoms out once a year. And hopefully he'll be able to come back. So um, I think that's about it for tonight's episode. Sounds good to me. Cool. All right, guys. Well, once again, thanks for sticking with us and dealing with, you know, whatever random commercials end up getting put in here. Uh, but for John, this has been Austin, and we will catch you guys next week. See you. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.